Hello and welcome to the Trek Convention Podcast, the podcast where we sort through the juiciest, most interesting bits of Star Trek news from the Trek Convention feed. We pick our favorites for a closer look and share it with you from the perspective of a super fan and a new fan. And in this episode of the Trek Convention Podcast, we'll discuss the 2021 creation conventions coming up. We'll have fun in the Kelvin timeline, and we'll learn how to make it so. All that and more on this episode of the Trek Convention Podcast. My name is Bill. Thanks for joining us. And I'm here with Jenna. Hi, Jenna. How are you? I'm fine, Bill. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're a co-host. You're you're always here. This wouldn't be the same without you. It'd just be me babbling into a box. That's true. Which is ninety percent of my life now. Um, so great. Let's actually just get right into it with uh, with our little convention corner section. Convention corner. Convention corner. Convention corner. Convention corner. Uh, it looks like the uh, creation folks are adding three new conventions for next year. They're calling them like little mini conventions. So um, they're calling it the Sci-Fi Summit. So that must mean they're going to include um, other other franchises other than Star Trek. But So they're in three cities. They're in Vancouver, Edison, New Jersey, and Jacksonville, Florida. So Vancouver's in July, 16 to 18. Edison is September 10 to 12, and Jacksonville is also 10 to 12, but in September. So that's interesting. I don't know that uh, I'm near to any of those. Um, so I'm not sure I would I would go. I mean, they sound interesting. They do sound interesting. And didn't you say that William Shatner would be at all of them? He is, yeah. I, I'm wondering if he has some sort of pre-existing contract with the, with the convention folks, or at least a, 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 an understanding, because he tends to be the first one out of the gate. Usually when you're leaving the Las Vegas convention, there's a sign saying, please come back next year and have fun and already confirmed William Shatner. So he either signs up early or is just an understanding that he does this pretty much every year, unless there's there's something else going on. And I, I, I've been going, I think, for to Vegas for probably eight or nine years now, and he's been at every single one of them. So he's a, he's a staple at these. So it's interesting because they will be different, I think, than the, the conventions that were held in, say, San Francisco that we went to, because he wasn't at those conventions. It, it wasn't like the big names in Star Trek that were at those conventions. So it sounds like they're, by, by emphasizing William Shatner, they're saying they're going to have a, a bit higher of a level of um, guest stars there. So, yeah, I think they're like I, a higher profile there. I mean, I think, um, I see Anthony Rapp on all three locations and there's, there's a few others yeah. that pretty consistently show up and it might be too that, um, and I always wonder what CBS's role is in these sort of promotional events. Cause they are from their point of view, they are promotional and they're reaching out to the fans, whether there's sort of a, uh, a requirement that, you know, stars have to, you know, make X number of appearances and whether this falls onto the, under the list of, of something that, that they would really rather that they do rather than miss. Um, but yeah, and they've also added uh, a few more people. I haven't really been keeping track of the count because I have my ticket and it's not, you know, it's not like I'm not going to go and it's not like I'm going to go more if there's added more guests, but they have added quite a few 
Uh, obviously, we, we mentioned Shatner, but Sonequa Martin-Green is going to be in Las Vegas. Jerry Ryan will be there. Um, she's in Picard, so she's 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 always been a fan favorite. And now that she's back in a series, she's got a lot more to talk about. So, And Kelsey Grammer is going to be there because he uh, was going to be in 2020, which got canceled. and um, But now he's in 2021. So explain to me, the newbie, why Kelsey Grammer is part of Star Trek. He was in one episode of uh, The Next Generation, okay. and uh, I'm going to get this wrong, but I'm going to say Yesterday's Enterprise, but uh, he played, there was a cosmic anomaly, and they kept doing uh, a time loop that they realized they were caught in, and when they finally broke free of the loop, they realized they weren't the only ship trapped in it, and there was the ship from many, he was wearing a uh, Rathacon era uh, uh-huh. Starfleet uniform, because... When he finally got out of the loop, Picard hails the other ship, and it's Kelsey Grammer with the USS okay. Bozeman. And he says, what What year is it? And he tells him the year, and it was literally a couple hundred years ago. So, um, yeah. So he, it was a literally <laughs> it was a, maybe three minutes, maybe five, maybe less. Got it. But yeah. Got it. Okay. So, I mean, okay. technically he is part of, you know, Star Trek canon. And of course he was, sure. uh, at the time when Next Generation was on, he was still a much more um, top tier uh, celebrity to have. Um, of course, now it's been many years later, but of course anybody that knows him, A, he's still a top tier. Um, I don't think he's on anything right now, but I, I would have a photo taken with him. I think he's interesting. Um, and of course your your best friend, Mark Alimo, will be here at this my, year. My friend, Mark Alimo. I'm a little bit obsessed with Marco Limo, guys. I don't know why, but, you know, Gould Ducat was the coolest. Everybody has to admit it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that he was, I'm glad that he was, because for a while it actually looked like he wasn't going to attend. And his, um, he was confirmed just a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah. He, uh, he wasn't there last year. He wasn't in 2019s which was a little unusual. And I kind of wondered if that meant he wasn't going to go anymore. Or it was a one time can't make it this time, you know, got a kid's birthday or a grandkid or whatever. Um, and I thought, well, maybe, maybe he's like, um, Michelle just sort of decided to retire from this. Cause it's, yeah. it's a bit of a schlep and it's, you know, but he's back. Well, if Mark Alimo doesn't go, I shall not attend. Yes. So. Yes. Where, where goes Mark Alimo? There goes Jenna. So goes so goes me, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, so great. So now you're evaluating your ticket options for the 2021 in August. Uh, I think we talked about. I guess that. I am. We talked about it a couple episodes ago as to whether or not the uh, the gold and captain tickets. There are more of them this year or less, given that um, the convention was moved uh, a couple of times. So, but they are in the Rio, and they are in August 11 to 15 in 2021. Very exciting. I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this since 2019. I almost went, I probably would have gone to the one in December, pandemic and all, at least for a little while, but I'm glad it's 2021. So no, I'm glad, I'm glad with the surge that's, that's happening yeah. right now that they did not have this in d- December. No. Yeah. That would not have been, that would have been very uncomfortable to try to go. Cause that, uh, that would have been not safe. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it would have been, like last weekend, I don't remember what the dates were supposed to have been. It was like eight through ten or something like that. It would have been like probably now, which um, not a good time. No. 
Okay, what's next? Series Spotlight. Series Spotlight. Series Spotlight. Series Spotlight. So in this uh, episode's uh, Series Spotlight, we've just seen episode... I don't remember what episode number it is. I think we're up to six. Seven or eight. Yeah, oh, right. We're getting uh, we're getting into it. Uh, but there is an actual nod, and for those of you who haven't seen the episode, close your ears or skip to the next chapter of the podcast. My new favorite character is played by David Cronenberg. A, it's just a great character. It's just so deadpan, and he's really smart and almost arrogant, and then sometimes he's not arrogant. So uh, he's just... Uh, we could go on about him and I will in a bit, uh, but he, 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 he doesn't have a filter. No. And there's uh well, let's get into it. I, he, there is rumor that, well, he, he doesn't wear a Starfleet uniform, which is a little unusual because he's on a star base, but clearly he's allowed to go pretty much anywhere he wants. Cause you know, he's talking to Georgia and he's you know talking to Colbert about Georgia. So he's fascinated with her. But at the same time, um, he seems to know an awful lot about the temporal cold wars, which was a thing that they brought up in Enterprise, um, and about just – he knows a lot of things. So um, there's been you know questions online about is he, is he part of the, 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 temporal, the Department of Temporal Investigations, which we've seen in DS9 and we've seen in Voyager, which are people that kind of keep the timeline the way it's supposed to be, quote-unquote. Uh, or is he part of Section 31? Does in Section 31 still exist? So that's uh, an ongoing question. But the interesting thing is, in his explanation, because Colbert goes to him, uh, not realizing he's a medical doctor, but goes to him, um, they have a conversation about Georgiou, and he has a lot of information about cross-time, cross-universe cross um, travel. And he calls up um, a holographic representation of somebody named Yor, who was apparently a time soldier who traveled forward in time. He was wearing a TNG era um, uniform, but he'd crossed time and uh, from a, an alternate universe, a universe that they referred to as uh, a dement an alternate dimension spawned by a Romulan mining vessel's time incursion, which is the Really, the first time they've referenced the first J.J. Abrams film, Star Trek in 2009, uh, the Kelvin timeline. So clearly they're differentiating themselves from the Kelvin, time, Kelvin timeline, but um, they acknowledge that there is a Kelvin timeline, which is kind of cool because then there's opportunities. Again, they've added this medical condition that makes it hard to, to move between place to place because apparently your molecules like to stay in the time and the universe that they were created in which is uh, increasingly Georgiou's problem. Um, but anyway, that's uh, from a Trek canon kind of point of view, pulling these two together. And again, uh, I, I, you and I saw uh, the first Star Trek together at one point. I think I saw it like six yeah. or seven times in the theater. I really liked it. I did, I did not see it six or seven times, but I did, go, I did go with you one of those times. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I was working, that was the first time I was working from home and like the connection to go out and do something was a was a big deal, and of course, then you could go on and do something because it was just me working. <laughs> Not everybody, but going to see the latest Star Trek film was a, was a nice uh, nice anchor point. So I ended up seeing it quite a lot, uh, and at, of course, having seen it, the Kelvin timeline is named after the the Kelvin ship that was the deviation in the timeline. So, anyway, from the point of view of um, the Star Trek canon, this is a a really interesting development, and I I I hope it seals a bit of the rift between the fans as far as what's in canon, what's out of canon, because now it's part of canon, which is actually kind of fun. 
That is actually very interesting. And that's something as a casual fan that I would never, I, I didn't pick up on. I would never have picked up on. So that was deliberately placed for fans for like super fans. Yeah. Yeah. And I was watching it and you know, the, uh, the Kovic character is again, gets my attention because he's interesting and everything he says is just very, very detailed as far as the amount of information he's, he's talking about because he's such a mystery. Um, but when he, I, I hear Romulan mining vessel, I'm like, what the, what now? So I have to rewatch that whole, that whole section. And of course the time traveler wearing a TNG, which I noticed, but didn't quite register. And then with the, um, the Romulan mining vessel, it's like, Oh, that's that universe's TNG era. So it was, Anyway, it was uh, an interesting little uh, little nod, which um, I very much enjoyed. So, what's next? Track history. Track history. Track history. Track history. So lately, it's been one of Saru's um, little side projects. I, I forget what actually they were calling it. Um, the ongoing matter. Oh, that's it. The ongoing matter. The ongoing uh, matter. Sounds very British. The ongoing matter. Of Todd's insanity, um, so the the he's trying to come up with a catchphrase for like you know make it so and execute and uh, take us out. You know, there's been a lot of so there's an article about um, about the 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 captain catchphrases through the through the Star Trek series. Of course, everyone um, so engaged tends to be people's favorite when it comes to comes to things the captain says to to and make it so being the the, the second favorite. Um, Pine in the, the, the movies would just say, you know, do it because they're usually trying to get away from something. So I think in, uh, I think in the first film, it was just do it, do it, do it, do it. Um, so it was always a certain matter, matter of urgency. One of the least favorite captains of, um, the USS Enterprise. And it was only two episodes, an episode and a half, which was, uh, Edward Jellico, Captain Jellico, not not a favorite. He was not, but his his phrase was just "get it done," um, which just was not a not a fun kind of directive. But um, there was a bit of a bit of a thing about uh, when Captain Kirk was brought back to christen uh, the uh, Enterprise B um, and was asked to give the command to you know launch. He gave the the phrase he used was execute, and afterward rounds of applause from the people on the bridge, and then uh, Chekhov and Scotty gave him a, a hard time about like uh, how good that how good he did. Well, I happen to like the one on Star Trek Lower Decks, which is it's warp time. <laughs> yeah, those are good ones. They have a like uh, yeah. Oh, the other one they I think the other one they used on on Lower Decks was warp me. Warp me, yeah. <laughs> Which, that's yeah. I don't know. I I like uh, I like it's warp time much better. Yeah, warp time is that's that's pretty good. I mean, if you're on a you know if you're on second contact and you're not sitting in the uh, the the top of the line enterprise, the flagship of the Federation, you can get away with being a little little less you know formal with engage and make it so. And when your captain isn't British. So those are, that seems well, to be. And, the, um, Captain Pike always said, hit it. Yeah. Saru actually, uh, no, I think Tilly had mentioned using that and Saru said, ah, Pike does it better. <laughs> right. Like, and he, tr- he tried to do it, but it was lame. Yeah. 
he he did try to hit it, but it was uh, it was <laughs> it didn't go over very well. Yeah, no, Kelpians aren't like the most forceful. Although he's been a great captain. I mean, the character has evolved a lot, and I think that showed up when they were talking to the. Uh, I want to almost said the Vulcans, but they're sort of Vulcan um, Romulans on um, Vadir. I think I got that right. Uh, his conversations with the president and his sort of diplomatic skills of knowing what to say and what not to say and how far to go and how not far, not far to go, how not to intrude too much um, really, really served him well. And I, I can see him being an ambassador at some point in his career. I have no idea how long Kelpians live, but if he follows the trajectory of uh, – Spock, he could be a very long-lived uh, alien that could take on a role as an ambassador in his uh, his future life. Okay. <laughs> That's my cue to say, what's next? Sci-fi sanctum. Sci-fi sanctum. Sci-fi sanctum. Sci-fi sanctum. And in the science fiction world, this is... Um, a little off the Star Trek topic, but not too far off the Star Trek topic, which is that production has resumed on the Orville, the season three of Orville. You know, I have to admit, I have never watched the Orville. I've seen season one. Uh, I had Hulu um, for about a year at one point, even though it was on regular network television at the time. It was just easier to watch on Hulu. Um, I missed season two, but I have Hulu again, so I'll probably catch up. I really thought they were a little further beyond season three. I thought they were up to four at this point, but apparently the pandemic has slowed them down as well. And probably the move from um, broadcast to streaming has been an adjustment because, of course, they don't have to produce it the same. Um, You don't have like a fall season the way you do in broadcast. So that probably changed their uh, production schedule. But they are back in production. And as we know, uh, a lot of Star Trek fans are are big fans of the, um, the Orville as well. The Seth MacFarlane um, sort of, some people call it a spoof, some people call it a, a funny homage to Star Trek. There's had quite a few um, big hitters, both in the Star Trek world. Robert Picardo has been in the series. Tim Russ has been in the series. John Billingsley has been on. Um, Jonathan Frakes and Robert Duncan McNeil have, have directed episodes. John Favreau has directed an episode, famous for Iron Man and, of course, The Mandalorian. And, and even Star Wars, yes. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's... Big in the in the Disney world because he also did the the Lion King. He directed the Lion King back in the 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 not quite live action but not uh, animated, more the uh, computer generated um, Lion King with with live actors. But um, and Charlize Theron, who uh, was his co star in the or was I should say was um, Seth MacFarlane's co star in his uh, his very funny western came out a few years ago. So so they're back in production, so friends of the Orville don't have to wait too, too much longer for um, for their uh, their comedy version of uh, Star Trek to sort of complement Lower Decks, which is also sort of a funny version of the Star Trek universe. So those are all the big stories I have this uh, episode of the Trek Convention Podcast. I did want to point out as we head into the uh, holiday season, there are a series of little YouTube videos, and they'll show up on the Twitter feed. There's four of them, one for original series, one Deep Space Nine, one Voyager, and one Enterprise, where a gentleman by the name of John Worsley has recut um, – a lot of the the series again based on the series to create uh, Christmas carols out of uh, the the things that the 
cast and uh, characters have said on those series. And it's, it's, it's cute. It's kind of funny. What was your reaction? You, you saw that at first. What was your, uh, what was your reaction to those, Jenna? My reaction was that was someone who had a lot of time on their hands. Yeah. A lot of us do, but yeah, that was, and it was a lot of hard work. I mean, that just. A lot of hard work. You, you had to really like search through those episodes and pull out the the clips and then to put them together like that. it, It, it took a lot of effort. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm surprised that there are four of them because that's got to be a lot of work. Yeah, and I'm kind of wondering. I'll have to check when they were posted to uh, to YouTube. But uh, I, I'm, I'm part of me hopes that he only does like one per year because that would make me feel less lazy. Yeah. Because uh, clearly, there's like you say, it, it's not easy. Even even find a finding the words and b finding the filler between the words. Uh, yeah. Of just like the looks and the glances and the locations and et cetera to create these, they're they're really quite amazing. But they'll be on the on the Twitter. They're probably already by the time you'll listen to this. If if anyone is, uh, they'll be on the Twitter feed. And like I say, there's four of them, so I'll try to spread them out. So there there's a little bit of uh, Star Trek. I think they call it Trekmas. A little bit of Trekmas before the holiday. Happy Trekmas. <laughs> Not to be confused with Chexmix, which is a whole different whole different thing. So that's all I have for the this episode of the, the, the Trek Connection podcast. Um, anything to add? I do not, except for that I wish everyone a happy holiday season and a wonderful new year because it'll probably be the new year before we talk to you again. Yes, there's a lot uh, going on between now and then. Uh, everyone be very, very safe from your travel plans. I hope we're much muted, unfortunately, from years past. Uh, but in the meantime, you can continue to follow us on Facebook at Trek Convention. And if you follow us on Twitter at, at Trek Convention, drop us a note if you like. You got any upcoming convention news you want to share? Again, just use the hashtag Convention411 at, at Trek Convention. And um, we hope to see you uh, and hear you, or you'll hear us. We hope you hear us soon. Bye, everyone. The Trek Convention Podcast is brought to you in part by .comsagogo. .comsagogo is your one-stop shop for domains, domain hosting, branded email, and more. No matter where you are in the galaxy, make sure everyone can find you with your own unique domain. .comsagogo. Connecting you to the universe and helping you. Go boldly. Go to trekconvention.com sponsor for rates and deals.